This podcast was proudly brought to you by Fever Tree. And remember, if three quarters of your drink is the mixer, mix with the best. Fever Tree. Welcome along, folks. This is me, John Deeks, and David Box. And the Gentonica podcast is on the end. Thank you so much to all the folks who've said some lovely things about our podcast, David. You know, this was just a little fun idea that you came up with, and it's gone gangbusters. I'm really wrapped with the feedback we're getting. So keep it up, everyone. We love to hear from you. It's inspiring. Give us your comments on the Gentonica website, gentonica.com.au, and they're all read, and we'd love to get your feedback as well. And today we're heading to, well, a beautiful part of the world, Manly. Yep, the sun's shining, the boards are out, everyone's <laughs> everyone's enjoying themselves. And enjoying a manly spirit. So we're going to be uh, having a chat to uh, David and Vanessa Wilton up there. Yeah, they founded this distillery and it's been a great success. All right, and following that, after our short break, we're going uh, further south down to the Ballerine Peninsula, just outside of Geelong, to Drysdale. Beautiful spot and a real character. Yeah, there's some a lot going on down in Drysdale that got some fascinating names for their gins. And uh, we're going to be meeting somebody really fabulous, Russ Watson. He's a real character. Yeah, a bit of a bushy, isn't he? He's yeah, fantastic. Is. Can't wait. So, folks, stay with us. Uh, another great podcast here for Gintonica. But right now, let's head to Manly and say hello to Vanessa Wilton. Hello. How are you? Welcome to you. And uh, David's here as well. Welcome to our Gintonica podcast. Give us the background to Manly Spirits. Uh, well, Manly Spirits was started in 2017. Took us about about a year before that, actually building it. Yeah, so we opened with a big bang with both the distillery and um, our venue space. And we've been having a great time ever since. So, Vanessa, you're a local ma- Manly girl, aren't you? Yes. I was a strong believer in um, work-life balance. So I decided to find somewhere to build a distillery as close as I could to my home, which is Manly, which is a touch crazy because building an urban distillery is a whole nother kettle of fish when it comes. And the Northern Beaches is not the cheapest place to uh, build a distillery or rent premises. I'm sure you're happy with the outcome. Yes, very, very happy. Nothing like getting in your car and six minutes later you're at work. And also you can always just um, pop down to the beach at lunchtime and have a swim or... How does your gin differ to others? Uh, What was your motivation? What was thinking, we're going to do something a bit different here? That's right. For one, I managed to tie in everything I love into our products and the distillery. So we're all about a marine influence. Both both the owners, um, my husband and I, we're both surf lifesavers, ocean swimmers, scuba divers. And so we made to tie that into our product. So all of our spirits have an, an element of the ocean or the coast. So all our native botanicals are either foraged from the sea around near the sea or on the coast, which makes our spirits that little bit different, I guess. We use a lot of sea lettuce and seaweed and sea parsley and sea salt and... Do you use sea water? Sea water, yeah. We actually use that in our um, coffee liqueur. Because I know, David, we've spoken about uh, using seawater in the past. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. maybe it's West Winds may take some water out of Margaret River. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is East Coast water. <laughs> it is. Well, we sort of worked with that with our um, coffee liqueur. As you know, coffee can sometimes be a little bit bitter. And also if you're very much into, if you're a high-level bartender, a lot of them, you may not know, they add, add salt to cocktails because it's a flavour enhancer. So we did a, sort of experimented with salt water where we reverse distilled it down to a brine. 
so not to crystal format, but still in a liquid still. And we found that it, one, reduced the bitterness of the coffee, and two, it just brought out the flavours more. Vanessa, how did you come to create such an iconic bottle? My previous life was a branding designer. So I used to always design for everything, everyone else on what they liked and etc. And finally, I got to design what I love. And I love the ocean and I love um, ocean swimming. And the bottle, one, the colour, some of our, that blue is what I get when I swim through the ocean to Shelly Beach. The little pattern around the bottom is actually the Fibonacci sequence, which if you know, it's, it's like a, a mathematical equation where you find for, to perfect balance and perfection and we strive for that with our spirits in balancing our flavors so that's what that actual pattern is all about even in the perfect wave when you actually balance you do the mathematical equation it is the fibonacci so um why not put it on your bottle and you've now got G&Ts in ready to go mini, mini bottles as well. That, that's quite remarkable because, David, I don't think there's many people doing that, is there? No, not the quality no. of a no. glass bottle. Expand on that. Yeah, well, because I guess if anyone knows about um, manufacturing and glass, one, you a bit different to a can. You don't have to make moulds for cans. Glass, you have to make big, big moulds. They're quite expensive. Also, when producing glass and pressurised glass, like you need for RTDs, you need to do runs of about at least half a million. So we managed to get these manufactured in Australia, which good for made you. me feel really good, actually. Yeah, good for you. But yeah, so it was a bit it was a bit nerve wracking because you're producing. We hadn't sold one single bottle before when we had to commit to all this, and we wanted to hit the premium end of the market because we're all about craft spirits which tend to be quality, you know, it, all your ingredients, you don't scrimp on anything. So we did all that with, but in an RTG format and we decided to go bottles. I, I think as a, as a female, I guess, I, I like to drink out of a glass bottle more so than slurping out of a can. And with the, the gin and tights, we did two different types for two different audiences. So you've got the blue one, which is like a, a good London, like our Australian dry, but with all the citrus included in it, like as if when you're making a gin and tonic, you know, you put a, um, a citrus garnish. We've incorporated that into the bottle and the tonic all into one. So it's like a, a, a real traditional London dry style gin and tonic where the pink one, it, it's different. It has no sugar in it. And usually tonic has sugar in it. This doesn't have any sugar in it whatsoever. It's a good opportunity, Vanessa, to point out the uh, the fact that you've taken that big plunge in the way you have because a lot of the craft businesses, we're talking about real people, you and David, and you know, yeah. and taking a risk like that is not easy. And sometimes the people who, who might go into the big retailers who might be looking at the shelves and finding out what to select, you know, that, uh, just a pause from everybody to think what's on the line for these adventurous, these entrepreneurial Australians. It's, uh, it's good to support that. And and the other entrepreneurial Australian we're speaking uh, about is David Whittaker. Uh, tell me who David is and what's his okay. role. Right. That David Whittaker has just is the other founder uh-huh. who has just run away. And I'm going to run the background noise. Is actually now I'm right I wonder, of all the Is he running stills? towards one of the stills? Uh, perhaps a, a new run from Manly Spirits is about to come out. Oh. Hang on. There, there he is. David? 
Hello, what am I doing? Hello, David. It's John Deeks and David Boxer. You're on the air right now, the Gentonica podcast. We've been speaking to Fantastic. Vanessa, and she's been giving us uh, the great rub as far as everything that's going on, including your new ready-to-drink range. What is your role within Manly Spirits? Oh, I'm co-founder, Vanessa's husband and co-founder of the whole thing. CEO, you know, financial director and production manager and distillery manager. You know, and, just- and like David Box, you're an engineer. A chemical engineer. Chemical engineer. Chemical engineer for my sins. Yeah, chemical industry and oil and gas and all that sort of stuff. So making booze is far more fun. It, it is. Uh, a, and I, I, I was telling someone recently, David, uh, the other day, when I was at Monash University, I think we were the last class who hand-calculated distillation. Is that right? For us who left school at 15 and were a failure, what's that? Is, that, is that a big deal, is it? Well, you've got these distillation, as you, as you can see, columns and distillation yeah. columns, you've got different plates. Yeah. You can actually do calculations to figure out what percentage of liquid and gas are going. If you look in my office, I still have this old, slightly browning, crinkled sort of A4 folder with my design project from, so I went to Melbourne University, but I designed, and funnily enough, an, an ethanol plant making ethanol from sugar beets. And, oh. I've got, and I've got all the design calculations that David's referring to there. They're the all roots. The, they're the roots, roots of manly spirits right there. And, and all those crazy chemical engineers, they'll know when I mention the word Perry, what's it all about. Oh, oh Perry. Yeah, that's in my office too. You can't, you know, you can't whack that out of me. So as always, David, we've found a a couple who are working so well together. You have Vanessa, who's sensational on the promotional side, and David, who's there in the engine room making the good stuff. So where did the passion spring from, David? We got the passion from a beautiful visit to Tassie. This is about five years ago. So, you know, we'd been to Mona and the Castle. Gade Brewery and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, we, we were there with friends and we they just randomly drove into a distillery. It was the Redlands Distillery that's uh, since moved. And we tasted a bit of whiskey, a bit of gin. And I don't know, it's just one of those brain explosion moments when you go, I looked at Vanessa and said, why don't we stop what we're doing? You know, stop getting paid. <laughs> and why don't we risk everything and why don't we build a distillery? And she looked at me with as a, as a wife would do with her head cocked to the side and went, really? But then... We, we were inspired because most of the spirits, certainly at that time and still even today, that are consumed in Australia are not made in Australia. So we were inspired by the people that gone before us. Somehow we had the mad entrepreneurial desire to risk everything, which is what you need more than anything. And we just decided to stop our current jobs and do it. So, David, you've got your Australian dry, your coastal citrus, lily pilly now and barrel aged. But I've heard you're going into whiskey as well. Yes, sir. Day one, we've been laying down single malt whiskey. So if you were to come to the distillery, you'd see fairly traditional looking uh, whiskey copper pot stills. They're about five metres tall, two of them. So yes, we that, that's always been on our plan to launch an Australian single malt whiskey. That will be early next year, which is great. So that'll be about getting on for four years since we started. So, and then as the whiskey matures over time, we'll progressively, uh, you know, get more out into the market. Gin you can make and sell straight away. Whiskey you make now and have to wait years and years. Now, if people want to know more about Manly Spirits, it's a very easy to remember website, uh, Vanessa. It's just simply manlyspiritsoneword.com.au. What will people find on your website? What they'll find on our website is a bit of a background of our distillery. It will also has all our products and it also has all our distillery experiences because um, the venue is open from Thursday to Sunday and we run cocktail making classes, whiskey tours, gin distillery tours, 
And at the moment, we're just starting to build um, a gin school here. So A gin school? Yes. Oh. David, that's why David disappeared in the middle of talking because he'd raced out because he had 20 little stills had arrived. So do you put the stills there and teach them how to make gin? Yes. So wow. you can come and you can actually sit and distill your own gin in the, I think they're two litre, two litre um, size, there's about 20 of them, copper stills. And we're having a whole space, builders are building in another space in the distillery and we've just signed a second lease of a building about three minutes walk away so that we can fit in our little gin school here that we can run on the weekend. So what you're going to do is you're going to teach uh, more people about distilling and we'll have another 100 or 200 distillers shortly. Yes. We do encourage people to go to manlyspirits.com.au and to both you and David Whitaker, we just uh, wish you nothing but continued success and good luck with everything you happen to be doing at Manly Spirits. Thank you very much and thanks for the vote of confidence and see you all around. Thanks for your time, Vanessa. Okay, thank you. After this break, we're heading down south to Drysdale, just outside of Geelong, and we're going to be speak to a very funny guy. His name is? Uh, Russ Watson, and it's a Cobb & Co stop. All right, that's coming up next here on the Gintonica podcast. Of course, we all know that to be a gin, it must have juniper. But did you know that juniper berries are actually cones, pine cones? It's a conifer, and it comes from a plant called Juniperus communis, which has the largest geographical distribution of any plant in the world. David, we're heading towards Drysdale, just past Geelong, and to the Ballerine Distillery, and speaking to Russ Watson. G'day, Russ. G'day, guys. How are you going? And uh, Craig Michael's here with me too. Craig's a partner in the distillery. G'day, John. Excellent. Now, G'day, Craig. We were speaking about the Carayo Distillery, David. Yeah, the uh, Carayo Distillery, which opened in the late 1920s, turned out to be one of the... It was the, the distillery was one of the biggest in the Southern Hemisphere, if not the world, and uh, they finished... When was it, Russ? 81, I believe. They finished. They started in 1927. So why did you take up the mantle of distilling down that way? Well, John, I had a, a strong interest in whiskey, and uh, we live in a beautiful part of the world. And I, I watched a uh, an article about Bill Lark down in Tassie. Bill uh, is the godfather of Australian whiskey. It was an article on the ABC on Landline, and it was fascinating. And uh, it inspired me to ring Bill up and ask him if I could go and meet him. And I suggested to him that I might like to start a distillery in this region. And he knew the area very well and said, every time I drive through there, I can't believe there isn't a distillery in the area. And he said, you go for your life, mate. And he said, whatever I can do to help you, you just give me a call. Bill has a lot to answer <laughs> for with uh, inspiring <laughs> so many that, people. That is a name that keeps coming up and coming up all the time. It's amazing. Well, that's why he's referred to as the godfather of Australian whiskey. You clearly acquired that lovely piece of paradise there. Isn't, wasn't that something to do with some historic spring or something there? Well, the area's got a fair bit of history. Tryo Bay, Geelong, you know, it was the gateway to the gold fields way back. It was a Cobb & Co watering hole here. So the Cobb & Co used to stop at the watering hole out the front. And the property, it sits in a quite a, a beautiful area that was originally a established by Scottish folk. And, in fact, you have a uh, connection to Scotchman's Hill Winery. Tell us about that connection. Yeah, well, they're, they're quite wonderful to us. Robin Brockett, the winemaker up there, who's just won 96 points for his Pinot. 98. 98. James Halliday for his latest Pinot. Um, Robin flies up with the Pinot Cast French Oak, which we... Uh, 
currently get coopered down over with uh, with Youngy over at Sepulsfield Distillery, Andrew Young, uh, to 100 litre. And uh, we mature spirit, some of our spirit we mature in Scotchman's Hill, Pinot Noir Cart. Wow, so you've got a lot of support. It's it's quite amazing through the industry how, how fraternal it is and um, how yeah. everyone supports each other. So, Russ, what's your role and what is Craig Michael's role? Well, Craig and I work together. Craig came along at an interesting time and was just very keen to be involved. He just walked onto the property one day and asked if he could hang around. I was stalking him, actually. <laughs> I was stalking <laughs> And he, uh, he committed a day's worth a week for a whole year without didn't want any pay. He said, I just want to see this project come together. And uh, Craig and I ended up quite good mates. And uh, we did the uh, IBD course in Tassie with uh, Anne Gigney, uh, which was an interesting group, that group. Nearly everyone in that group's gone on and uh, started and, and runs a distillery now. And Craig was just too valuable to the business not to maintain and far too valuable not to make a partner. I thought you were going to say that you did all the drinking and Craig did all the work. No, <laughs> we both share in the drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to mention um, Anne Gibney because that's the course, the IBD course? And uh, in conjunction with the International Brewers and Distillers out of Scotland, she runs the courses in Tassie and she's recently started running the Australian Whiskey Academy. But you'll find nearly most of the successful distillers have been through the IBD course. And Craig's actually going on to do his diploma. Diploma, yeah. Through the university in Edinburgh. So, Russ, how did Laurel and your good self get into gin? Look, you know, the gin... I've always enjoyed a gin, but I've got to say it was the whiskey initially. It was the whiskey that uh, caught my interest. So it's actually called the whiskery there, isn't it, Russ? It's called the whiskery uh, because we do make whiskey, and I've got a a filthy big moustache. So it sort of just went together. My niece came down from Melbourne one day, and she said, how's the whiskery going when it was just a project, thinking innocently that that's what you'd call a place that made whiskey. And we thought it was a great name for the cellar door. The gin, look, the gin and the whiskey are two different disciplines. The whiskey is a patient old man's game. Mm. Uh, It's not necessarily an old man's drink these days. There's a lot of lovely young girls enjoy their single malt. But um, it is a discipline that requires probably an old head because you're waiting a long time for an outcome. Um, You know, you can experiment a lot when you're producing your whiskey and then your cask. Managing your casks is a whole new, whole different world. But you don't know a result until three or four years. Whereas the gin, uh, you get instant results. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the people that uh, enjoy gin are a lot of fun. Everything about gin is fun, and um, and uh, you can you can experiment quite freely with it too. So someone said to me, even though the whiskey was what we wanted to make and still do. If I was given a choice and I was only allowed to make one or the other, I'd probably choose gin because it is a lot more fun to... The world of gin is a lot more fun to be in. Russ, I absolutely adore the covers you've got on all your bottles. They have an animal flavour. The bottles look sensational. There's Teddy and the Fox... The Old Dodger, Trooper and the Roo, Rosie the Rabbit. How did you come to get those designs? Well, it all came about, uh, I was on the property one day and I was actually waiting for Bill Lark to visit. He was uh, in the area and he was going to call past and I had my daughter's little staffy. He was only two years old, Ted, and we walked past a little woodshed and a fox came out of it and almost tripped me over, ran through my feet and if you know staffies, Ted took off after it. <laughs> straight out through the gate and straight across the, the Port Arlington Road. And it was Queen's birthday weekend. Oh. So 
bumper-to-bumper traffic, and the pair of them went straight through the traffic. There were cars all over the place, and I thought, oh, he's going to be flat for sure, and and if he had been, I would have been too, because I was looking after him. Um, But lo and behold, the fox took off through the paddock, uh, Ted turned around, came back through the traffic for a second crack at it, and he turned the corner and came down the driveway with that great big fatty grin on his face. <laughs> Very proud of himself. And it just came to me at that point. I don't know why, but I thought, Teddy and the Fox. There's a couple of gold medallions on that one. Yeah, that one uh, won a gold medal in San Francisco at the World American Spirit Awards and, and in Australia at the Australian Spirit Awards. Oh. Yeah, so that's, uh, that was the around the label. And the others are all stories around our, the poodles that we've always had. We've always had standard poodles. That, it's, a, it's an absolutely idyllic location there. I've been down there a couple of times and um, just resting. Well, Mum's down that way, isn't she? Or? Yeah. I got, um, my mother's in Geelong, yeah. so um, pop down and, and see everyone. But you don't even think you're anywhere near any buildings or any built-up area. Yeah, no, it's quite unique, Dave, isn't it? It's, um, it's beautiful down here right now. The sun's out, the sky's clear. Being in the business that I am, which in Tonic, I don't always get to uh, try everything, but you're up at our office and you gave me a sample of the three that I hadn't had a chance, so Troop in the Rue and um, the Dodger. I fell in love with immediately. Yeah, the old Dodger. That is um, that is a cracker. That that just won a silver medal at the um, yeah, London, London the IWSC. Yeah, there are uh, a few a few Aussie gins went well there. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's superb. John may already know that I'm a I'm a sucker for Navy strength gins. Well, that is a cracker, isn't it? I, I find that a lot of people think that having a higher alcohol gin, you know, has this joke about being drunk. But if you just back off how much you're putting in and a little bit more tonic, and you get so many more botanicals coming out in the nose. They do it for me too, David, I have to say. What do you enjoy about the process of distilling? Oh, there's, there's so much to enjoy. Actually, I think the, the, the most enjoyable thing to see is to, to hand out something that you've produced to people that are sitting out in this lovely spot and just see their face when they, they drink it. Most of the time, it's one of pure joy and excitement. And, and, that's, and that's the thing I think I love is to enjoy something that you've created and see that enjoyment on, on other people's faces as well. And then there's the long-term projects of like the whiskey. It, it, it's great to see something that takes so long and that you put so much time and effort into and so much so much thought, see how it how it turns out many, many years later and to realise all those decisions you made back then um, were, were good decisions. And what do you see yourself doing in five years from now, Craig? I see myself doing exactly this, exactly this. I think we've got a, we've got a long road to go create the vision that Russ and Laurel started here and that, we're, and that we've all got in terms of uh, just building the distillery, growing the product, growing our, our customer base and, and generally having a lot of fun while while doing it. So that's, that's where I see myself in five years. How about you, Russ? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Craig mentioned the uh, project of growing. We, we have an ambition to create a purpose-built distillery on this site, which uh, we want to make, well, we would like to make quite a statement with, not not in scale, but just in uh, aesthetics and quality and um, just, just create building that will create some wonderful spirit. And, uh, and a long, visitor long experience. We, we really want to make a good visitor experience. Yeah. Make a statement like your moustache, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> which at the moment is <laughs> uh, not a really good start, but it's a bit <laughs> You guys haven't been there for too long, have you? Well, you're the first distillery on the Bellarine Peninsula, yeah? Yeah, well, we're the first in the Geelong region since Cario closed. Well done to you all down there at uh, Ballerine. And if people want to go to your website, it's simply uh, ballerinedistillery.com.au. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Craig. Uh, thank, thank you, Dave. Thank you, John. 
Great pleasure to talk to you guys. And if anybody wants to come down and see you, a visitor's welcome. Yep. Oh, yeah. We've gone for booking-only format. Uh, through COVID, and I think we're going to stick with that. We were we were so popular over the summer period that um, we'd have a lot of people turn up, and they couldn't get in, and they'd get upset. And we'd have a we had a security guard on the gate actually trying to control traffic. If anybody wants to book, they can book online ballerinedistillery.com.au and enjoy the fruits of your hard earned labour. All the very best to you and to Craig. Thanks for your time. Good on you guys. Thanks, John. Thanks, David. Thanks, Cheers. guys. Well, we've seen two parts of Australia. We've been to Manly. We've been down the beach and felt the beautiful sand between our toes and caught the sunshine of Manly spirits in a bottle and then down to Bellarine and those fantastic bottles. Russ Watson and his team down there. Yeah, lots of dogs and roos and old... Dodgers. It's really, it's really an amazing character. I never know where we're going to end up next, David Box. You've got uh, contacts all around the country. Uh, over 250 distilleries? Oh, there's, I think it's over 300 now. It's oh, just, it's just, that was just an hour ago. Count. That's right. Join us next time for the Gintonica podcast. And if you'd like to leave your comments, gintonica.com.au is where you should be going. We'd love to get your feedback. In the meantime, this is me, John Deeks, and David Box. Chin chin. This podcast was proudly brought to you by Fever Tree. And remember, if three quarters of your drink is the mixer, mix with the best. Fever Tree.